stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. We are on the phone with uh, the longest tenured Dodgers outfielder, which is crazy to say, man. Uh, Jock Peterson, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, perfect, man. Baseball is just around the corner. <laughs> we can't uh, we can't feel any uh, any better to actually have things to talk about and watch, and uh, we appreciate you guys putting yourself out there for us like this. Yeah, no, uh, we're super excited as well. I feel like it's been around the corner for a little bit. Um, <laughs> So we we all can't wait to get started. So uh, Brooke over here, he he was the the brilliant mastermind behind uh, your your gun patrol, your swole patrol question <laughs> on the uh, SNLA or the, the the broadcast the other day. Uh, you definitely been doing something different, man. We got to find out more about uh, what's what's brought this this felt jock into play. Oh, you said it. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, yeah, you know when uh, this quarantine stuff kind of happened i reached out to my agent and said gyms are shutting down like they're telling us we could start up whenever like we have to stay in shape what am i supposed to do and they uh got me hooked up with tonal and uh tonal.com and they set me up with a full-size gym that literally takes up no space it like is a flat board on the wall and it has a personal trainer that uh, each side, like they have different little arms things that uh, move, so you could do a full workout squat, lunges, um, curls, uh, you know, curls, <laughs> and more. Curls. <laughs> no, uh, uh, gotta make it, the guns awesome. pop. <laughs> hey, that's right. But uh, no, I just hopped in the garage and literally while the baby's sleeping, I could pump out a forty-five minute workout, full sweat, personal trainer, artificially the AI that calibrates, you know, how much weight I should be pushing out and push push it to the limit, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I think a lot of fans thought maybe uh, Poppy and picking up Poppy and curling Poppy was uh, your workout <laughs> routine. And, cause, uh, I wish. I <laughs> when wish. those pictures popped up, man, the internet went wild, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, she's getting bigger. She's getting bigger. <laughs> Blue's getting bigger. So right there, you got you got your uh, you got your bench and and uh, you got your curls there. But <laughs> hey, if you could right. have something uh, all like nice and combined in one room, that's I feel like that's uh, that's even better, man. <laughs> it's a little bit more efficient, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, what. what we're looking at it, right? We're thinking about you as a, a, a power hitter over the past couple of years. I think uh, when those pictures surfaced, I think one of the common things was Jock's going to hit 60 home runs in 60 games or something like that. But on top of that, you're also stealing bases, which is something that we Ooh. haven't seen a bunch of from you since your minor league days when you were going to be a you know, 30-30, 40-40 guy. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is that one of the end goals in it? Were you wanting to be more fast, more agile on the field? or What, what was the goal? Absolutely. Uh, you always want to kind of continue to uh, push your speed, power, agility to the limit, and they've definitely tunnels help, helped a ton with that, as you can see. But uh, yeah, student bases is something that uh, I need to work on, and it's no better time than right now to uh, to work on it. So um, 
use some of my off-season training to uh, to get me there. So you think, uh, I mean, obviously you're, we're talking about the guns a lot. We're talking about the upper body. But, uh, you know, spring training you had that, that sort of hip thing that looked like it might have sidelined you for original opening day. What uh, what sort of things were you able to do, uh, you know, lower body-wise, leg-wise, and, and all that mobility stuff that you feel is really going to, you know, set you on a different uh, level here for 2020? Definitely. Um, just working on single leg stuff, stability, balance, um, just normal squats that I, I just had to clean up my form a little bit. And when you have a person doing it in front of you so that you can like mimic them, it makes things uh, go a lot smoother. Um, but just stuff like that, that uh, I never knew how important the single leg stability stuff is it sucks and it hurts you want to yell you want to yell at the dude on tv but yeah i don't know it's uh it's paying off so i'm glad i had it yeah i mean you got a couple stolen bases in summer camp already so I mean, it right. looks like it's working what about uh, yeah. i mean obviously you, you you bounced around uh the outfield a little bit uh we, we don't need to get too much into the, the first base era which i'm sure you're, you're happy to not talk about but hey yeah. matt Nightmares. matt ups for for you know giving it the old college try there for sure man you you made it look sexy at least but uh <laughs> you know you played a lot of right last year you looked you looked really good looks like you're playing a lot of left um you know Obviously, you came up playing a lot of center. What What are you hoping to add, like in the outfield on defense with with the wheels and all that kind of stuff in this this crazy good outfield you guys have? Yeah, our outfield's gnarly. Uh, but yeah, you know, I kind of just play wherever they tell me um, and <laughs> make as many plays as I can. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see because you know they we have a very uh, analytical team. Mm-hmm. that uh they look at everything you do your top speed first step uh read off the bat so um when those numbers start coming in it's gonna be interesting to see how my off-season workout kind of help improve me cover more ground or get better jumps on the ball you know stuff like that um but i feel really good out there uh made a few plays mm-hmm. and uh yeah just no plays at first. So stay away from it now. Are you taking any? Uh, any my distance. Uh, <laughs> you taking any outfield cues from Chico out there, man? Hey, man. Yeah, a lot. He's got a cannon. He's making plays off the wall. Uh, I told him, Chico, man, give me some of that. Give me some of those. But uh, no, Chico's killing it. He's uh... <laughs> so Mookie has a Jordan deal, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they were the same size, him and Chico. So he gave Chico some shoes. Oh, that's cool. That's they're awesome. Jordan, so it's kind of like uh, the movie with Little Bow Wow yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like... You know, be like Mike. <laughs> and be like Mookie. So then Mookie crushes the ball uh, over his head, and then Chico runs it down. But, hey, Chico, or Mookie, man, you better not give him any more shoes. Oh, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe uh, maybe Mookie's got to give him a bat, too, so Doc can get him in the lineup. But uh... Ooh, hey, hey, we've been pushing for an at-bat for him. Man, I, I tell you, I think Dodgers fans needed this storyline during summer camp more than anything. Just, you know, as a way to ease back into baseball for us, get us all excited and everything like that. It's been so fun to watch and see him, like, literally all over every every sort of social media imaginable. It's been great. Yeah, for real. Uh, you talked about that outfield a little bit. Um, you guys got a little bit of a reinforcement this year. I don't think you really even needed a reinforcement in the outfield, and you still got a reinforcement in Mookie Betts. Um, what do you think he's added 
to the Dodgers off of the field, on the field and off of the field, I guess? Uh, obviously on the field or off the field, it looks like the best outfield maybe ever, right. you know, but uh, um, on the field, his leadership, he's, uh, he works extremely hard. He's locked into every pitch, which is, it's awesome. He's making plays defensively. He's his, I mean, just little stuff that like, People like his secondary leads, how aggressive he is on the base pass, um, his arm strength, how quick he releases the ball. I mean, I don't want to. Never mind. I can't say it on. (laughs) Yeah, it's just he's it's incredible. You know, there's not everything he does is really really good, and there's nothing bad. So it's like he continues to uh, impress people, and. yeah, it's it's. I mean, and then you, I mean, oh yeah, hey, in center field, there's another MVP. Sorry, you know what I mean? Like, who <laughs> really does everything and makes everything look easy as well? So, uh, it's a it's a pretty special outfield. And then in left, there's a dude who dropped 36 bombs last year. So you know, yeah, why not? Right. Why not? Right. Yeah, the just... real MVP over in left. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was just going to no. say, we're going to need to need you to take it home in, in uh, 2020 so that we got an all-MVP right. outfield. <laughs> you know, and then we have Adrian Pollock, too, and it's like, what? Like, there you go. all-star outfielder, and it's like, oh, my God. And then you – it's just – it's ridiculous. You know, it seems top to bottom you guys are good. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, you know, kind of getting back to, to the workout and the routine and, and, and you know, integrating tonal into your life, um, how how has, you know, the – strength and conditioning, Dodger strength and conditioning, everybody, how has the team sort of, uh, has anybody taken any cues from you on that? Or, you know, they found a way to sort of integrate a workout for you as well? Or are you just sort of uh, kind of doing your own thing in that regard with, with Tonal and, and everything at home? Uh, yeah, you know, some days we, uh, scheduling got super crazy <laughs> yeah. because of, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> right. But uh, so we can't show up as early. So, like, I can crank out a workout in the morning here before um, I go to the field. Um, so I just knock it out on the tonal. Then I can go to the field. And um, people have said stuff. Uh, oh, what do you do? What it is and that. But uh, where I'm actually going to gift a tonal to JT. Like, he's a neighbor. lives right down the street. Nice. Everything's set down. So get him hooked up. So if his arms come back looking swole, <laughs> we you know, know what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, man, we were we were prepping for this interview. We were thinking about it. We were ma- making some notes, and I think at one point I looked down and I was like, "Jock is actually one of only five guys left from when he came up first. I mean, wow, you know, man. we're thinking back to years ago when you first come up, and it feels like yesterday that you would just come up through the system. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Harley, not huh? not it? not. JT? It's you, JT, Kirsch, Baez. Uh, yep. So I mean, it's just it's just a couple of you guys now from that team. So I, I mean, I hate to phrase it like this, man, but how, how does it feel being one of the old guys now? Grizzled hey, veteran. Gotta remind me. Hey, twenty. I just turned twenty-eight in quarantine, man. I'm getting up there. <laughs> Don't worry, it gets worse, nah. man. <laughs> yeah, it's good though. It's uh, it's crazy. I still feel like I'm twenty-two, but uh. Uh, it's fun seeing all the, these these young bucks come in. They're uh, Gavin Lux, you know, all these dudes. They uh, they rake. It's it's crazy to see a lot of like me and some of these guys and yeah. like how much you kind of learn 
and that I wish I knew then, mm-hmm. but it's all part of the process, and we got some good ones. So you're coming off your your best offensive season, obviously in in, in 2019. You got this weird 60 game season, but but what are your sort of personal goals in this uh, this oddball shortened season? And obviously, yeah. I mean, writing on the wall, it is a platform year for you too. You know, we, we hope to see you back here in LA, but you never know. You never know how things play out. So a lot on the line for you this year, man. <laughs> hey, win the World Series. That's hey. it. There All the go. other stuff is going to take care of itself. I ain't worried about it. <laughs> Win a World Series. We put in too much work, mm-hmm. time. It's it's time for L.A. You know what I mean? Like you said, I've been here for a good amount of time. Made the playoff. Won the NOS every year. Mm-hmm. Been to the World Series twice. It's time to win the World Series. We uh, That's uh, one common goal that we all have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, we got to get you uh, that 2017 uh, World Series MVP back. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. We just got to get it back to you. <laughs> bad, bad times, bad memories right there right now. All right, man, we know we know you're, you're short on time. So before we let you go, I decided we got to get a little bit more Jock Peterson for the fans, things that they might not know so much about you. We wanted to get a quick little rapid fire in. They're kind of this or that questions, maybe some favorite memories from your career thus far, sort of mix and match just so people can know more about young jock who's now 28 year old young jock <laughs> yeah man oh taylor swift or billy eilish oh my god taylor swift right, i man. like billy though wow that's a good pick that's a good pick that's uh a- I, I mean it's it seems not appropriate to ask this during a workout type of interview <laughs> but pizza or ice cream <laughs> oh those are literally my two favorite things that's like <laughs> ice cream oh man oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a point right there pancakes or waffles Pancakes, no brainer, buttermilk. Oof. You uh, you more of a coffee guy or are you kind of an energy drink guy? I really don't really mess with caffeine, honestly. So mm-hmm. neither. I could go with neither and be totally fine. He's naturally flying. I love it. <laughs> uh, it. Seems like an interesting question given the fact that you have a dog, but uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. All easy, day. easy. Yeah, just want to make sure. All right. I mean, this is the great debate. I mean, in my household <laughs> with my wife, this is the great debate. Toilet paper rolls, over or under? Wait, what? You know how you like hang the toilet paper off of the roll? Does it <laughs> supposed to hang over it or is it supposed to hang under the backside of it? Man, I don't even know. Dude, honestly. I mean, you're going to think about it now next time yeah. you're in the bathroom. Yeah, you're like, wait out. a second. Yeah. <laughs> to be I'm there not, flipping the roll. I don't know. <laughs> Look, man, think about it. Get back to me next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, obviously, he just signed a new gig, but you played a long, long time with Yasio Puig. What's your favorite Puig memory or moment? Man, that that's Puget. probably clean that's, for air. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, hard to do. This his joy, as much as he uh, some people he wrote people off the wrong way, mm-hmm. but he uh, his joy. He was happy a lot of the time. He played the game very loose. Um, yeah, so just his, he was funny, you know, lighthearted, and it was a misquick. <laughs> we, we miss Puig too, man. Um, and finally, last one of these rapid fire questions. What was your first big league moment? Like, what was the moment you were like, oh, crap, this is happening? <laughs> this is real, huh? Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good one. It probably wasn't even in the big leagues. It was probably in double A. I went to the Futures game. So, like, you're, you're I'm in double A, like, this small stadium not very nice you're grinding in the minor leagues and i go to the futures game and new york mets uh city field 
and we were on the home side that year, so it's obviously the home sides are way nicer than the visiting side. Mm-hmm. But you get there, and it was like the nicest thing. It was literally it. Uh, you said pizza, ice cream, all the like uh, candy. You show up, and it's like a Seven Eleven with everything you could ever want it's all free you know and you can just grab i'm like oh my god like what i need to do i need to get back here you know like it was incredible like they had shake shack after the game the milkshakes they had those toll house ice cream sandwiches the yellow ones that are like 12 dollars at dodger stadium yeah I think it, I think it's hey, however many you want. I think it's great that that your biggest big league moment was that there was food. I think that's that's just yeah, perfect, that's man. Weird. I love I that. Hey, that's why I need a tunnel because I get fat easy. There you go. Yeah, work out. That, that's the best advertisement for it, right there. That's, yeah, that's the most relatable way too, right there. All right, man. Well, anything as we let you go, anything you'd like to say to to the great fans that make up Dodgers Nation? Uh, no, we appreciate you guys. Uh, it's unfortunate that you guys can't come to the games this year but we're going to do everything we can to provide the same experience on tv you know give you guys a good show bring home a world series and hopefully when it's uh celebrating time uh we can all do it together so there you go let's do it it, man let's do it jack peterson thanks for your time bud Joe Davis, what's happening, man? How you doing? Uh, splendid. Things are about sure. to, things are real. Let's do it. <laughs> Hopefully they're real. I know. I'm with you. We are on the phone with our friend, our pal, our buddy. I think we can call him that legally. He's been on a few times. Joe Davis is on the call, and uh, he's about to be on the call at Dodger Stadium. How excited are you, and how are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. I'm pumped, man. I, it's going to be weird for reasons <laughs> we all know, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to get back to work and have baseball back in our lives. Yeah, that was the first thing I was going to ask you. Are you looking forward to doing something weird and sort of historic this year? Yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to the weird part. I'm not looking forward to the reasons that it's historic, but just simply having work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and having baseball to watch. Um I think we would all agree we can't wait until it's more normal again. But this is the best we can do right now, and I'm I'm pumped for whatever it is that it you know we we whatever it is we decide is the best we can do. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing you're sort of uh this gonna be kind of a throwback Thursday of a season for you. You know, no fans. It's got to be a biscuit season for you there. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! There was a, there was a stadium in the Southern League actually called Joe Davis Stadium. Ooh in huntsville and the average attendance is seriously like 75 people so i'm i'm well prepared to uh i guess to, to have an environment like this we, we pulled in there was one time we pulled in on pulled in on our bus and you know everybody hated going there and hated playing there it was a dump and one of our catchers yelled from the back of the bus say nice stadium joe (laughs) (laughs) i mean it sounds like you're going to be more prepared than maybe any other broadcaster in all of baseball in that matter so that's good at least (laughs) yeah any of us that have been in the minors have done uh done plenty of games that will have felt like these are going to feel right so I mean, I mean, look. The good news is, you know, one way or another, baseball's back. But we'll have you in the Vin Scully press box for home and away games, which is a plus for baseball. <laughs> I mean, Dodgers fans are obviously very excited about that. 
Um, you talked about it with Eric Steven the other day, the struggle of calling those, you know, fly balls off of TV monitors, because mm-hmm. when you're used to being from your angle, you know, you get used to those, my personal angle, I'm in the left field pavilion all the time. So I've gotten really good <laughs> at being able to tell where those balls are going off the bat. So if I sit yeah. top deck, I have no idea what's happening. Uh, right. but you know, you talked about that. Uh, do you think, I mean, cause you arguably have some of the most signature emphatic calls in all of baseball right now. Everybody's got their own thing. Every announcer's got their own special niche, but I mean, you really do have some signature calls over the year. How do you think that changes uh, with this kind of new way of life for baseball in 2020? You know, it means a lot that you'd say that. I think that what I'm interested to see is can I, I don't know the answer to this. Can I with conviction? Cause in order to have a, like you, you said to, punch a call and call it emphatically in order for that to be the case you've got to be pretty sure what you're seeing yeah i can't start cutting into a call if i'm unsure if a ball is going to go out or if it has a chance to go out so how much conviction am i going to have uh for these road games where i'm watching the monitor am i going to be able to really let it rip the way that i would like to Uh, i hope so i hope that like i told eric uh, i hope that it's not noticeable unless you know to listen for right. it and you're looking for it. And I think that I'm probably, and, and all of us that are about to broadcast these games are probably putting more thought into it than mm. the fans are going to care to put into it. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be different. I, I can tell you as a professional fan, having watched many a game on TV, <laughs> even with a fan, uh, it, I, I honestly do think it'll come pretty quick to you as long as they're giving you the right angles, the right call, uh, or, or you know the right audio. Like you could just you you know when you get that crack of the bat. Plus you can kind of yeah. you could read the batter a little bit when you start seeing them pimp job it out. You know if Jock, <laughs> if Jock does right. his best Tim Anderson impression, I think you're pretty good to be like it's on the board or whatever. Although there's a <laughs> the walk off he hit on Jackie Robinson day last year against the Reds. Yeah. You want to talk about one where I I called it with. Uh, conviction because i see him start to pimp it yeah and yep. so i start to say something like he's ended the night or something like yeah. that and then the heart fell through my seat when i saw the ball get out by like three inches I'm calling it like the thing's gonna clear the pavilion. Yeah, it barely clears the fence. I was I was there that night, and when the ball got hit, I froze because I was like, "That's gonna be close." And then obviously it went out, and everyone went wild. But then when I watched it later, I was like, "Wow, Joe, Joe really called that one. (laughs) He knew it, huh? Yeah, I knew it until I didn't." And then, oh my god! I think I said, "Forget about it." Like, right? Yeah, yeah. As he swung. Well, the the good the good news is, I don't think you've really missed any calls like that. I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, that's gonna take a pandemic and me calling a game from thousands of miles away. That's uh, right. We'll give you a break this year. This year's okay. We don't even know. know I I think that uh, the, the sense that I get is that. You know, of course, I'm putting pressure on myself. We're all going to put pressure on ourselves <laughs> to do well. But the sense that I get is that for the fans at home, and this is not just baseball, but across sports, the sports come back. For the fans at home, there's a sense of understanding that it is different. And yeah. it's like whatever we can get, we'll take. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that sense that I'm giving. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we were talking about it and we were, you know, obviously with the state of the world, you never know what's going to happen or how far we're going to get into a season. If we're going to get all the way through, we hope so. But 
I think we were watching the inter- inter-squad games, and I, we were even like, you know what? If this was the only baseball I got this year, like, I'm thankful for it. I'm, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'll take whatever yeah. I can get right now. I just needed this. So I think, you know, every day that we have, every day that we have UConn games, every day that we get to watch the Dodgers play, we're just going to be thankful for it. Yeah. Whatever it brings us, we're, we love it. We get to see Mookie Betts as a Dodger. We get to see Cody Bellinger yeah. as a Dodger. We're, it's it's going to be good. Yeah, so we know, um, I mean, they're broadcasting the games. We have... Uh, John Hartung anchoring those games, and we appreciate John. We appreciate uh, even Jerry Hairston and, <laughs> and Ned and, and O calling from Vegas, and we hope he's on the on the on the road to get get back home here. But um, you're going to be back in the booth real soon, uh, and people are excited about that, and they're excited just to get you and and Oral back in the booth. Uh, what about your schedule? That's one thing I know people would be interested about. What is, is Are you doing any more of the national games this year, or, or is that sort of still fluid for you? Yeah, I am, I am going to do some. In how many and when is a fluid thing. Mm-hmm. Part of that is who knows what's going on with football. Right. So, you know, when looking at my full schedule and how it's all going to break down, it's a little bit up in the air. But I'm going to be around, you know, especially when, you miss a game during a 162 game season, no big deal really, but you miss a game during a 60 game season, it's a bigger chunk. Right. Yeah. So we're just trying to figure out what the right uh, balance is. So uh, of part of the weirdness, no spitting, no seeds, no handshakes, all that weird stuff for the players. We know that um, you oral Rick, you guys are tight. You're buddies. You get. I'm, I'm assuming you have your own home run player handshake. <laughs> What's what do you think is going to be the hardest like human element change for you guys in the booth on a day to day, or even getting to the stadium? I just think all the stuff that we normally take for granted. You know, parking and walking in, hopping on the elevator, going down, saying hello to everybody. Like all it's right. I and, and maybe it's the saying hello to everybody part where. There aren't going to be many people to say hello to now because the staff is going to be so much less than mm-hmm. you would see when it's a, a packed house stadium that you're normally going into. And I think that, you know, probably the most significant uh, drop off in interactions is that we're not going to talk to the players mm-hmm. or right. the staff. You know, we're not going to be allowed down in the field. And that's a big chunk of our day. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is probably. Uh, going to be the biggest off-air adjustment would be not, you know, not not having the interactions with as many people, and uh, most impactful not having the interactions with the players and the and the folks in uniform. Yeah, that was that was one thing that we had talked about before. I was like, you know, if if, if Joe's stuck up in the booth all day, you know, how does that change the re- relationship with players throughout the course mm-hmm. of the season? So. You know, do you have any plans to try to stay in contact with these guys? Because I know, you know, you've become pretty close with a lot of just, them over the years. Just yelling down on the field. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Jack, you're I looking good. I suppose I could do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, have you tweaked your swing? It looks different. Professional uh, analysis. Exactly. There are a few guys that, you know, I have texting relationships with, and mm-hmm. I'll be sure to take advantage of those and yeah. check in. And already I know that, like, I would, I would very rarely – and when I say very rarely, I don't know if I ever have asked a guy a question, you know, like a broadcast related question via text. Yeah. So now that I'm now that I'm doing that, I've prefaced those with sorry. You know, I can't be within a hundred <laughs> yards of you. This is the only way I can ask it. Yeah. And all the guys have been really cool about it and understanding. And I'm not gonna be blowing them up asking stuff every day via text. And there are some guys who I'm not gonna text at all. It's 
don't have that kind of relationship with them. Mm-hmm. But as with everything this season, uh, I'm going to make do as best I can. And I think it will help having our weekly podcast where we visit with Dave Roberts. Um, we'll have some kind of interaction with Dave Roberts every day outside of the podcast, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just uh, check in with Mark Pryor occasionally, mm-hmm. check in with the hitting coaches occasionally. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same level of access, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be. Just because you can't be down in the field doesn't mean that it has to be zero access. Absolutely, and perfect segue to my next talking point, which is since we last spoke, the Joral, Joe and Oral Joral podcast uh, became a real thing. And while I'm disappointed you do, you guys didn't choose a name like you know Joral After Dark, which is I think one of the first things we we told you about like a year and a half ago, or my personal favorite of Rick and the Booth Boys. Um, as as a title for the show, how has that that sort of podcast thing been for you personally? I mean, obviously you talk about it on the show, and you know, kind of you know pushing pushing O Dog in there <laughs> to make it happen. But uh, how has it really like really been for you? Um, and I don't know, just what kind of fun are you having with it? Yeah, a lot of fun. I I think that I anticipated that I would enjoy it. I think Oral is having a whole lot more fun than he anticipated he would have had. Uh, that's for sure. I think that we had hoped that we would be able to create a low-key, casual, easy environment for our interview subjects, but I think that succeeded expectations, mm-hmm. how disarmed guys have seemed and how open they've seemed to talk about whatever it is we want to talk about. And we, we've just had so much fun having those conversations with guys who we see every day mm-hmm. when life is normal, but rarely do you get a chance to dive deep like we're doing with some of these guys, you know, when you're, when you're just crossing paths with them at the ballpark and, and two, when they're deep in a season and they, they kind of have the, the cliche game face on, it's harder to get into con- get into a conversation like that. We, we've just seen guys much more willing uh, during this downtime to go mm-hmm. deep on some things and we're loving doing that. You have any uh, concerns about being able to keep it up and running uh, with consistency during the actual season, or it, it shouldn't be too much of a change to your guys' schedule? No, yeah, I mean, it's we're committed to continuing it, mm-hmm. so okay. we're going to. I don't know that it'll be an hour long each week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, as you guys know, there's there's a decent amount of work that goes into putting a show together that I've had plenty of over the last few months plenty of time to spend as much time as i wanted on each show mm-hmm. that goes away you know once the season starts so we're just gonna have to figure out a way to be a little more efficient in the way we prep and probably to um you know, lower our expectations a little bit of what about what each show is going to look like yeah yeah i mean uh, we we were kind of talking about it a little bit earlier but i think in terms of podcasts that are out there, there's obviously a lot of Dodgers podcasts that exist and everyone's always trying to have players and coaches on all the time. And it's great. But I think one of the things that you and Oral bring to the table, um, aside from the fact that you guys come from very two different parts of baseball, which is great in itself, but also the fact that you do have close relationships with these players and these coaches mm-hmm. and, they, and they are more, you know, if, if we're talking to a player who doesn't know us, you know, he's going to be a lot less inclined to share personal stories sure. or things like that. So to get to hear these deep personal things from players and coaches and from doc all the time, has been really great to just dive into and get to learn about these guys more. So that's, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we, Thank and, you, yeah. And we appreciate you guys for doing it for sure. Cause again, having any sort of different window into these players world is, is fun, but um, you know, enough about us. We got to talk about the 
2020 Los Angeles Dodgers. We talked about it a bit a few months ago. This is a team that on paper you really just don't see any holes, even with the David Price opt-out, um, even with Max Muncie and his slightly injured finger. Uh, the, the team is stacked. Um, Pakoda has them pegged at 38 wins in the 60-game season. Brooke also had them pegged at 38 wins before Pakoda, so there's something a little fishy there. Yeah. But what do you personally think uh, a team – can put together how many wins can a team put together in such a short season and have it be just not like absolutely uh outlandishly historic i think 40 i think it's, i think they could win 40 games and not have that seem like too out of character mm-hmm. you talk about how how flawless the roster seems 40 and 20 doesn't seem that crazy for a roster that looks like this um but who knows right i mean the 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 Reds could go forty and twenty. Yeah. Just <laughs> sixty game sample. Who gets hot? And you can't afford like two years ago when the Dodgers started mm-hmm. sixteen and twenty six. Yep. You're dead. Yep. So uh, it's definitely the sixty game dynamic presents some really interesting variables to the whole thing. But uh, I feel comfortable saying forty wins would not be crazy. On that same vein, we have. Uh... I mean, a lot can happen in 60 games, and obviously yeah. there's going to be some awards that come after the season. Uh, we just talked with Jock <laughs> Peterson, and we said, hey, man, you got to win the MVP this year because then we have a full MVP outfield that we could finish 2020 All with. Right. So with that in mind, do you have any MVP predictions? Who's your early pick? And it doesn't have to be a Dodger. It's okay. We, we, we won't be offended. <laughs> I'll give you a couple under the radar okay. ones, one Dodger and one non-Dodger. Uh, for the for the Dodger um, – this comes from Dave Roberts on the podcast that just got released today. He mm. says Corey Seager. Mm. And you guys have seen how locked in he Oof. looks in the scrimmages. And you've seen what he can do over a two-month span, over a 60-game span. He can go through stretches where it looks like he's never going to make an out. Right. And he's going to see one pitch in each at-bat, and right. he's going to line <laughs> it somewhere for a hit. Mm-hmm. And if you do that for a couple months and you play premium position like shortstop on what expected to be the best team in the national league. Sure. I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that he could win an MVP. And then uh, going off of the Dodger roster, how about Cattell Marte in Arizona, who who very quietly was one of the top three or four players in the national league last year. And everything I'm reading about him is that he's only gotten better and some awe inspiring stuff he's doing during summer camp there. Mm. Yeah, I feel like he's a guy that has flown under the radar pretty well over the past couple of years, but he's yeah. definitely strung together some good offensive numbers for sure. You got a pick for uh, for Cy? Um, Walker Bueller. Hey, hey, there you yeah, go. Going out on a limb there. <laughs> that's Walker effing Bueller, by the way, for <laughs> for those listening. What yes. for for just the kind of final one because we've we've seen a lot of uh, different numbers. Well, I guess not that many different numbers because you know Cody. Or I think Jock, whoever, somebody sort of cheated and stole somebody else's number. But how many um, home runs do you think lead the league, lead all of baseball in 60 games? I haven't really crunched the math on what would be completely possible. Uh, I don't know, 21? 21. 
Calling it, I, yeah. I mean, if you're going to say 21, I'm going to say that it's somehow jock just because those, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, when we saw pictures of his arms popping out, I was Oof. like, that's it, man. He's hitting 60 yeah. home runs in 60 games. Yeah. It's that movement coach, man. Yeah, <laughs> for real. That movement coach. All right, Joe. Well, we appreciate your time. We know you're busy and we, we're happy you're going to get back in the booth. We're, we're thrilled to have you back in, uh, have you and Oral back in our homes. And uh, we hope you guys really uh, do everything you can to stay safe and uh, continue flooding our ears. <laughs> through, through this whole 60 game season uh joe davis ladies and gentlemen <laughs> thank you guys always good to talk to you in a roaring stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home.